Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone. Hello. Patterson, <laughs> the O'Kellen clan, and as are I, other, other brother from another mother, or sister <laughs> from another sister. Yeah, and together, yeah. we are Midwest. So, play for play real talk in your house, your radio, or wherever else you might be listening to us. Just enjoy Sit back, open your ears, and enjoy everything to begin the new year. Oh, he's a poet and doesn't know it. But he puts it on a jacket and he tries to show it. Oh, yeah. Anywho, people. Anywho. This program is sponsored by PFOP Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the entire world. If, just if, you happen to be a drug-free athlete and possibly, perhaps, looking for a solid foundation to stand on with both your feet, your piggies, and possibly a pair of Jordans if you have the kind of money, and a vehicle, maybe <laughs> a nice cement truck to drive your goals like what other way. Socre bleu. Like the mag truck. <laughs> Through the chocolate ice cream. <laughs> With a snake out do there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that is P4PSnickerdoodle.com. Yes, even the roosters know. Yes, they do. And now, <sighs> let's check it out. With a banter for the snickerdoodle. That is also a poodle, poodle, but don't eat the dog, okay? Don't do it. That's all right. Entree. <laughs> Entree. <laughs> Happy 2019, everybody. So glad to be year. with you all in the new year. I hope everyone was safe and just had an amazing time last night. So uh, <clears throat> just briefly here. I uh, I had my uh, littlest mini with me last night, or with us, I should say. So our night was filled with uh, watching movies and drinking sparkling, sparkling cider. No, because my oldest now, who's going to be 20 at the end of the month, I cannot even oh, believe cool. it, was doing his little old thing with his roommates in, you know, where they live now. He's no longer at home. He's moved out. And then my uh, eldest was at a sleepover with some of her friends. So, hey, it was just us and, uh, like I said, some uh, non-alcoholic sparkling grape juice All and of your uh, children. a little bit of Sandra Lee Pimple Popper All watching her bringing in the new year. They are clones. <laughs> my children. So, yes, I've been told we kind of look alike. I have been told. Kind so of. anyway, that's how sure. kind of we do. We do kind of a little bit. Alone. So uh, that's how we ring in the new year. And we toasted and then I went promptly to sleep. And then Kaylin, you had oh. festivities last night as well. Yes. Yes, I did. And I decided that it would be better for me to stay up than to try to go back to sleep and still get up to teach class in the morning. Because New Year's resolutions have to be fulfilled. And if your job is to aid people in that, guess what, people? You must do it. The beginning of the year, you cannot say no to health and fitness. Am I right? That's all right. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot say no to these things. And then, of course, if you guys were with us last week, meaning last Friday, um, we were with our sister podcaster, Melinda Spencer, who is with us tonight. We were talking yeah. about her top three, and she's going to help us start counting down our top ten. So, Melinda, say hello, and how did you ring in the new year? Hello? Well, maybe maybe we don't have Melinda. <laughs> I'm not sure. We have, we have to have her. We must have her. 
Well, we have, we must have her with us tonight. We must. Well, we have somebody that has, has dialed in that we attempted to bring in, and she can hear us, but we cannot hear yeah. her. Seems to be the dealio. So I am going to attempt to take her, her out and then bring her. Yes, we had all kinds of technical difficulties on her show. Melinda, can you, can we hear you? Hello? Can we not hear I can you? hear you. There she yes. is. Boom. Yes. Hello. I can hear you now. Yes. It wouldn't have been this. It, it's funny. When you guys said you couldn't hear me, I was speaking saying, I'm so happy we got on tonight at 8 o'clock with no technical difficulties. And then I realized that you guys couldn't hear me. So look at that. That's all right. So look well, at that. But that's for, okay. That's okay because we're on, and uh, this is going to be great. So last night, I clearly was not drinking any alcohol, unfortunately, for New Year's. Um, I can't. Unfortunately, but baby on we, board. Below. Unfortunately. Fortunate. Huh? Baby on board. Fortunately and unfortunately. Fortunate. Yes. There we go. So I, was, so I forget, yeah. when are you due? How far along are you? I feel like I saw a post recently, but I don't even know. Sorry, I'm 25 weeks going on 26 weeks. I'm due in the middle of April. All right. So that is not too far away. Not too far not at too all. Far so here we go. A little a little something for the 2019 year. So that is awesome. And do you know what you're having? Are we sharing that? Are we talking about that? Are we not yes, talking about no, that? No, it's just, a girl. It's a girl. We, we do know. It's a girl. I posted it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we can't yes, wait yes. for little Miss Spencer to make her debut in April. So awesome. So, yeah, it was kind of a quiet night for you as well. It was but a very okay. quiet night. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, that's oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We okay. have a lot of congratulations Uh-oh. coming in for Melinda. Uh, Bill, oh. Sherry, Tim, Todd, Jake, and Elena all saying congratulations. Okay. Well, Resume. thank you, guys. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. New life in the new year. Can't beat it. Love it. And so, guys, we got a what? We got to get that as a slogan, new life, new year. Yeah. New year. And there we have, you know, what we've got to get is we've got to get ourselves on video. We've been talking about that for two years now, and I think we really need to make it happen in 2019 so we can actually see each other. Um, while we're on our podcast, and so and listener land can actually that. see us. Also, we got to do that. that. It's Desiree's head kicked to the side, and it's screen frozen forever. And so I screenshot it because I said our first attempt that was pathetically <laughs> unimpressive. <laughs> so guys, we tried. We just haven't been successful yet, but it's coming because if there's one yeah. thing. That you know Despite about me, or if you don't know about me, if I talk about something long enough, it's actually going to happen. It yeah. might take me a little bit longer than I anticipate, but if it's still on my radar, it's going to happen, and that is going to happen. And you just you know, watch out. We'll probably see us and be like, "Is that really what they look like?" Because that's not what they sound like. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I don't know. I mean. Oh I you guys, yeah. I don't like I don't like the way I sound recorded. I don't know if you guys ever listen to yourselves, like listen to back episodes of your podcast, our podcast, and be like, oh my gosh, that just doesn't sound like me. I don't feel like that's what I sound like, but yes. evidently I do because I'm listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound like subdued and I, I don't know. I just don't really like to listen to, to myself. But anyway, Kayla, I, I, no, I you feel like... Yes. Go ahead, Melinda. Not to you. Not not listening to you, but listening to myself. I agree. I'm like, I don't think I sound like that. Not like in a bad way. It's just weird. It's definitely weird listening to yourself. So I feel like it would be weird watching myself if I put myself on video. My doing goodness. a podcast. No. I know. <laughs> and now that you say that, that kind of makes me scared. <laughs> we get on video and then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm the biggest dork on the face of the earth. I was better off the not on video. The camera adds 10 pounds, so everyone's got to go on prep before uh, before we hit the video scene. <laughs> right? No doubt. No doubt. And I say this, and Kaylin and I post videos with ourselves doing interviews all the time, but it's still like, ah, uh, <laughs> I don't different. know. It's weird. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. 
different. It is different. But anyway, guys, so welcome, 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 Melinda. Welcome, listener land. So glad to have you with us. And so, guys, Kaylin and I were just talking about this before we went on the air. So we are in our fifth year of the show, and we pretty much average 100 shows a year. So I haven't tallied up all of our shows for 2018, the total number, um, because sometimes we might miss a week or miss a day a show, not necessarily a whole or week, added. although we had, a, we had a pretty, or add extra shows in there. We did have kind of a sketchy week there one time or a week and a half, I'm not sure. But anyway, it, you know, some of the shows are starting to all blend together, and he's like, well, how many shows have we done now? I'm like, well, on average, we do 100 a year, so we've got like 500 shows under our belt, and that is just, like, ridiculously crazy, crazy to me. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. but crazy. so amazing, so amazing. So, And I love counting down our top ten because these are the shows that resonated the most with all of you guys out there, the ones that were listened to the most, downloaded the most, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so <laughs> number ten that's coming up, I have to laugh because I was listening to a snippet of it. And so as Kayla and I tend to do, we can we tend to carry on a little bit some shows. Um, although you guys tell us that we carry on a little too long. But you know what? It's our show. So sometimes we can do that. Is that okay? I mean, I don't – I. <laughs> sometimes we just have to do that because we have – you know, we're like you. We're busy during the week. We're doing our things. We have families. We have relationships. We have jobs. So we don't really, like, connect all that often sometimes. So when we get on our show, that's sometimes the first time we've talked to each other in, you know, since the last show. So we do a little catching up. We do our thing. But uh, anyway, on our number 10 show, we are rambling on, Kaylin, you probably don't remember, but we're going off on the phrase, my favorite phrase. Do you, do you, can you guess what it is? Do you remember what it is? It's not my tagline. So many, but it is, yeah, uh, it's I tell, I tell I you, you what. what. <laughs> and so I had put out a challenge for everybody listening to us right there, right then, to say, I tell you what. And then, to, and then to actually say you don't feel better after you say that. So right now, everybody, once again, what. let's say it. I tell you what. I tell you, <laughs> what. I tell you what. And then Kayla, I tell <laughs> you what. And then he was going on about all the different ways you can say I tell you what. <laughs> He's like, and you can say it really slow. I tell you what. <laughs> anyway. I love that. I love show number 10 for that, if nothing else. But we had awesome guests. So, guys, we just had Debbie Portell on last week talking about nutrition, talking about her cookbooks, talking about, you know, eating for good health, eating for life. You know, if you're someone like Debbie who has an autoimmune disease, you have to eat well. Your health, your whole health is hinging on that. And um, so she was talking about that a couple weeks ago. But when we had her on for the first time, and this was in March of 2018, she was on with her fiancé, John Morris, who was telling us basically his story. So it was a transformation show plus a love story. And, Kaylin, I don't know if you remember, but – and Melinda, this was just such an awesome story. These two are such a cute couple. But – he was a police officer, and he actually met Debbie because at the age of 26, he had a heart attack. And the doctor uh. basically told him he had a heart attack because he was fat. And so he had like 100 pounds to lose and was suffering from PTSD and depression, anxiety, all this stuff. And so this is how he meets, and he ends up falling so in love with health, wellness, the whole shebang that he quits his job and he follows her and now they run a gym, Jim's coaching consulting business together called Integrity Training System. Yes. Wow. That is so awesome. I know. That is very well, sometimes awesome. Sometimes it takes a crazy circumstance to, you know, like sometimes you need that event in your life that makes you realize that you need to change something. True. And I think that's amazing. 
Yep, yep, so much. And so, KP, if you remember that show, so Melinda totally hit the nail on the head, but if you remember that show, what kind of sticks out the most to you about that interview? With- well, that guy was full of life, and uh, it, it, it's funny to hear that he had such a struggle but still be so positive in, in, in basically getting through that. And great, granted, he had a great support system, but it was really nice to hear him be so open about, you know, how stressful it is to be an officer and all the things that come with the day-to-day life and how he was basically, you know, hiding in food and trying to deal with some of the stress in, in a bad way. And it did cost him, you know. And, he, and, you know, we all get, like Melinda was saying, when we get that wake-up call, either we answer it or we kind of hit the snooze button and hopefully, hopefully we get another five minutes to keep being lazy. But he answered that call, and he hadn't slowed down, not in the slightest. And thank God for Debbie, because, you know, she could stick right there with him and basically guide him through it because he was going all in because he had no choice. And he wanted to go all in, and he did so, and thank God he was in the right hands to do it. Melinda, you got anything to add yep. I Yeah, just what I said before. I mean, and sometimes for people that have that moment and that answer that moment, it is almost like, I don't know how to say this, a more awesome experience within fitness or within health and fitness than for those that have been living it their entire lives. Like some people just grow up and they're just healthy. And that kind of like I use myself as an example. I've always been in athletics. I've always been fit, quote, unquote. And I've just kind of lived this. But I love talking to people that have had that aha moment that have switched from a different type of lifestyle and I feel like that's sometimes so much more impactful and so much more awesome. All right. You know, and I totally agree with you. And the the other thing that I really um, took away from that show is when Debbie was talking with John at their initial consult and she took him back to her office and she said something along the lines of, you know what, I can – help you with your health and wellness goals. She's like, I can fix your body. She's like, but we really can't get down to the fixing until we figure out how to heal you spiritually. She's like, I sense there's something just hanging on you, and there's some other things that you need to deal with before you can really be successful at being healthy. And he was just like, you know, no one had ever talked to me like that before. And so I think that's just part of, you know, his unique story and the unique aspect of their relationship, which after, you know, several years, then it turned into a personal relationship for many years. It was very professional coach and what have you. So we'll throw that out there just as a reminder, but just a great story overall, you guys. So if you missed that interview and you want to check it out, you want to go to the P4P Real Talk archives. Um, This was a uh, show was on March 27th, 2018. And I think the title was something about a transformation story and a love story, something along those yep. lines. But just look for the March 27th, 2018 sure. story, and you will find that. And then, Kaylin, I think you have a uh, question for Melinda before we move on to number nine. Yeah, uh, this was actually coming from Clark. And I, I, I had thought something similar earlier, but uh, he kind of said it better. And it's basically dealing with, you know, does every diet have to be like something for a prep, like competition, or, you know, what's the best way to go about it? And I I was going to ask her something about, you know, all the different diets that she's had to do for powerlifting, uh, for getting ready for the, the, the reality show she's done, and also for competing. And I'm quite sure that they might sound similar, but there were some uh, probably some good uh, differences and as, as compared to similarities and how she uh, prepared her body for whatever she was getting ready yeah. for. That's a good question. And this is coming from someone who is not a trainer or a dietitian. I like to throw that out there because some people might think that I am because I've been in the realm, but I am not. So when I was doing prep, I had a coach the entire time. Very important. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything myself. Um, so uh, bodybuilding diet. Uh, very heavily counting macros, um, checking in with a coach weekly who I saw in person and online. Uh, Food was 
wasn't super limited, but again, hitting specific macros. So if you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be eating a donut because then that's going to take up, uh, you know, a lot of your macros. So, um, you know, eating nutrient dense foods, et cetera. But when I just am going into something else, it's funny because being stage lean, as many people know, is just not healthy. Like at my leanest, smallest, I was probably about 107 pounds getting on stage. Um, I'm only five, I'm only five, two. So I'm short. (laughs) I'm a mini person, but, uh, just reverse dieting was good enough to get me in good enough shape to be on, let's say a reality TV show and still feel confident in how I look, but not being stage lean to the point where it's unhealthy. So I kept my body weight around 113 to 115 when I was doing things like reality. And that just came from consistently, putting food, keeping myself accountable, putting my food in my food apps, keeping healthy choices, more like an 80-20 lifestyle, so 80% healthy, 20% let yourself enjoy yourself. And I wasn't really dieting per se. I was just keeping myself within a range where I felt good about it. Powerlifting is a different story. I intentionally put on weight to become competitive in my 125 weight class. So that was an intentional weight gain, and I didn't really have to try to stay under 125. So there wasn't a lot of dieting involved. It was really, again, an 80-20 healthy lifestyle. I track my food consistently. I keep myself within a healthy range of macros. Um, But I haven't really hardcore dieted for anything else other than bodybuilding. I think that relatively answers the question. I think. Awesome. If not, ask us a follow-up for clarification, and we will roll with that. But that question is a perfect setup for our interview that came in at number nine, and that was actually with a duo. It was Cliff Wilson and Peter Fitchton, and we were talking about their brand-new book that is coming out in April 2019, right along with Baby Spencer, so April's going to be a big month. But uh, the book, Bodybuilding, the Complete Contest Handbook. And really, this this interview was just, oh, my gosh, it also was just a couple of weeks ago. It was about mid-December where we had them on the show. And so sometimes, you know, we're tempted, or at least I'm tempted to think, well, the shows that we have earlier in the year, you know, they they have a better chance of making the top ten because they've had so much longer for people to download them, check the archives, this, that, and the next thing. But this just goes to show when you have people that have a large following and are really interested in what they have to say that even though the show was only a couple weeks ago, it still landed in our top ten. So it had a really good um, following. And these two are pretty um, – I would say well-known coaches. I'm sure you would agree, Kalen, in the natty um, industry. Midwest, represent. <laughs> I'm partial. It's okay. You are, you are partial, and that's okay. And if I'm recalling right, I'm trying to think. We asked them what were some of the, you know, the time to give us a sneak peek or what were some of their favorite aspects of, um, their book, and I think it was, I'm going to tell on myself because I had it and now it's popped out of my head, but one of them was saying, what is the most important part of the prep prize that they're going to say? Ugh, I can't think of it right now. It's going to come to me. So, Kaylin, why don't you jump in with some of the bigger takeaways you had from that interview? Well, what I like is their the, the way they joined in to make it work. And like Cliff was saying, it was a lot easier to work with Peter because they had done so many road trips. And, and that's one of the beautiful things that I love about uh, competition is that there is a lot of camaraderie and there are a lot of road trips where you're basically traveling with people that you are familiar with and they're coming out of the same region. So there's plenty of time. You have hours upon hours to uh, converse and, and, you know, see what's right about the industry, what's wrong about the industry, and what can be improved upon. And that's how this, you know, had come about, is they were doing constant road trips, running to the same places, same uh, venues, same formats, uh, seminars and stuff like that. And then the conversation just grows and grows and grows. I mean, honestly, if, if you think about it, that's pretty much why our show even exists, 
is because we were constantly running in each other and, and having similar conversations, realizing, you know, this is something that can benefit the industry as well. So watching that camaraderie, listening to how they basically just gelled, and I think they even had spoken why John Gorman wasn't uh, involved in this, was because, you know, he, he had his own way of thinking and it wouldn't have been good for the, the book or anybody who was reading mm-hmm. to actually have, mm-hmm. you know, a contrast constantly where it's going against what's trying to be uh, the, the, the information being given. So it was nice to see and, and basically get a backstory of how this industry uh, entertains itself and how we can know each other the way we know each other and still feel like family, even though we were miles and miles apart. That's what I took away from it. No, and that's a good one. And there's probably a lot more we can say, and I'm still not remembering what I want to remember, but I am going to it's move us along. I, water for, for a, a champagne toast. So, you know, figure that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so... Let's see. And I know Melinda has to get off the show here pretty soon, so I definitely want her input into our number eight. And it looks like we have a, con- a comment here. This one's from Brenda. She says, you have an awesome Wonder Woman picture, Melinda. Is that professional? Oh, that that yeah. is professional. Thank you, Brenda, for noticing. I don't know when the last time I posted that picture. Um, yeah, There's that was from a professional. Our listeners are yeah, talking here, but- that's okay. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little stalking here or there. That's what Facebook is for. But the Wonder Woman picture that I think that she's talking about was a professional picture done by, um, oh, what is his name? A professional photographer Uh-oh. out of Western Massachusetts. I'm Well, give me a break. I'm pregnant, and it was 2015. Um, you had water as well for your New Year's toast. It's okay. It's okay. I am not hungover. I am not drunk. It's from Blazin Picks. He's out of Chicopee, Mass. And his name is, I am embarrassed. I'm going to come up with it. But it was a fun shoot. We did it in the back of like an abandoned warehouse building. Um, but yes, it is professional. It's going to bother me. It's going to come to me in you know a couple minutes. It will. Just like my, my break. And I don't sure. even drink. I don't even drink, so I whatever I was my sparkling uh, grape juice last night must have done a number on me. It's okay, <laughs> but it's, it's gonna your answer is gonna come to you about the same time my answer is gonna come it to is. me. I know, KP, it is. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay, so number eight. I'm gonna keep moving us on. Number eight. This one was with um, a great pro bikini competitor um and she's a coach she does judging she does so many different things and while you're thinking i'm probably talking about one of my girl crushes misty weatherford it was not her (laughs) this one was actually uh bikini natural bikini pro heather owen and she was on talking to us about being female in the fitness industry and the pros and cons that go along with that. And so, Melinda, you've been right up there. You've been a bikini pro, a figure pro, power lifter, reality show star. So from your perspective, you know, all of that, all of it. Um, OCR racer, probably. I don't know. I could be making that up. But talk to us about, you know, being – female in the fitness industry before you have to jump off the phone with us? That's an interesting question that I haven't thought of. And his name is David Blaze, by the way, the photographer. And moving on to the question, uh, I have never even really thought about that because I don't think I have personally run into any situations where I felt like being female had a, a negative effect in any way on what, what, whatever I was competing in um, or had any very close friends that had a different experience. So I, I don't know if I have a lot to add to that and that's sad, but I, maybe that's a testament to the different things that, I mean, as far as natural bodybuilding and the OCR world and powerlifting, I feel like, I, I felt like everything was very equal as far as the exposure that people got 
um, I don't know. Uh, what did she say on the show? Because I'm baffled and thinking back, and I can't think of anything negative that I have to say about anything that I've competed in in regards to being a woman. So I'm interested to see what, what you guys have to say and what she said. First of all, I think that's awesome. Oh, go ahead, Kayla. Let's hear what you have to say. Well, I've always been pissed about the payoffs with the men and women that are were competing in the natural industry, and it was very frustrating to watch, uh, you know, people do the work that they were doing and then be paid less simply because they were females. I, I didn't understand that, but I yep. think that's starting to change, and it's changing for the better. But that was a very frustrating thing, that, and uh, I was very vocal about it in the background or behind the scenes. But, you know, it's just one of those things that was always frustrating to me because, you know, women work hard. Guys work hard. And you tell me because I'm female that I get paid less simply because you deem it necessary to pay me less? To what? I didn't see any goal behind that or any reality that was worth explaining truthfully how that that could be done in this day and age, especially when we see the backstory, and we get to walk the walk and talk the talk and and know that there's a discrepancy in spite of all that. That was a, a big thing for me. And, I, I, you know, I was, you know, I've, I've been chastised about it, but I'm, I'm going to stay outspoken about it because it was just something that I just never made sense. That was mine, and I know we had talked about that on the show. Yep, that is one of the, that is one of the things that we had covered. And then we also just talked about, I think a little bit of the um, body shading for female athletes had crept yes. into that interview as well. And that's something that, again, it's granted to each their own, right? But you know what? No no point, as far as I'm concerned, to make someone feel less because they are choosing to be fit in a way that, is not um, in agreement with what your view of fit looks like. And women do encounter that a lot more than men. I think men yeah. get it from other men who might be jealous. But, you know, women, for some reason, well, I, and I, I know I don't understand. I'm not going to say I understand. It seem to get attacked a lot more just because they want to throw on some muscle. Yeah. And I, I just totally think that's uncalled for. In, in any, for any reason. And I think, you know, we covered that aspect of the sport as well, because there are those that totally jump on the bandwagon, are encouraging the women, and there are those yeah. that are just degrading to them because, oh, my gosh, they're going to look so masculine, this, that, or the next thing. And that's, you know, it's not, it's not necessary. And I know one of the things that we've talked about in having you on the show also is just you don't have to be half naked to promote that you're fit. Um, if you want to do that, that's great, but that's also not totally necessary either. I mean, there's there's lots of ways to go and do that, but regardless of what your choice is, people, I think it's all about just being respectful of what your choice is and just, you know, you do you, boo-boo, and everyone else is going to be themselves. Yep. And so that is a, that's, yeah. that's a big part of what we talked about also. No, that's definitely that's definitely a good point. I didn't, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think of the payment piece. Um, that is a great point that you brought up. It didn't even enter my mind, and maybe that's because it's also funny because bikini, and I don't know. I have I haven't competed since 2015. So even though I follow natural bodybuilding still and, and the competitors and everything, I don't follow the, the pay that they're getting. Um, I don't know, so I'm not sure. But I know back when bikini was just becoming uh, more publicized within natural bodybuilding, the payout for bikini pros was a hell of a lot less than, mm-hmm. than it was for other things. And I, it never done, like it, I guess it bothered me, but it never dawned on me and I haven't thought about it in years. Um, I think that's starting to change as well, but no, that's definitely a good point. And it's funny that you brought up the point about the body shaming for women, because that's definitely true but I don't think it entered my mind because I have a stepson. He's not in bodybuilding, but the amount of body shaming between males to males is absolutely mm. crazy, especially at the teenage level. So I'm seeing mm-hmm. it 
from his point of view, just with like athletics and just you're small or you're this or like constant, constant picking on each other. And I didn't, I don't think I realized because I grew up as a teenage girl and then I grew up, you know, in athletics as a female that I didn't realize how bad it was from guys to guys, especially at a younger age. So, um, but I agree that when women, you know, choose to put muscle on, it's definitely harped a lot more on than if a male decides to go into the bodybuilding realm. So good point. Good point. There is that. Kaylin, anything else to add to that? Yeah, and uh, it, it was we, we got pretty deep in that show, and there was a lot of uh, questions that were coming out because uh, some of the children, like Melinda was saying, were, were suffering from the, the, the shaming, and it stems from basically adults not being adults. So if we're not going to do our job, then children won't know how to be children because they don't know how to respond and react. We're supposed to be the teachers of it. And as long as we're basically doing the opposite of what we speak behind closed doors, then the children are getting even more confused and suffering even more because they're looking for real answers, but they're only getting fake identities. And if that's what they're being taught, then what do they, what kind of foundation do they have to stand on? And, you know, the women going after women, but, you know, making these elaborate, great posts. I mean, like in this social media realm, we're basically presenting fake identities. We're not presenting ourselves, and because of that, it's even more confusing for the children growing up as we talk one way and then show something totally different. So, you know, if, if we're going to do better, then it, it's on us to do better and be better teachers because of what we're doing. That's no, you said on the head. I don't know. What, what we got some exciting noises going on back there. I don't know. Does somebody have a parakeet? Fireworks? No, I don't even hear it. Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. So that, guys, that was number eight. So um, uh, Heather Owens, that show was uh, February 6th of 2018. So uh, check it out if you didn't get a chance Deep to listen to it. Uh, Melinda, I know you have another call to jump yes. on, so I don't know. Oh. We need to say thank you for joining us. We're sorry you couldn't hang out and play longer, but we appreciate the time you gave us. Well, thank you for having me on. Good luck with the rest of the countdown. I'm intrigued to listen to the rest of the show, and I'm sure we'll link up again soon. Oh, yes, ma'am. All right. Sounds great, sister. All Talk right. soon. Bye, guys. Definitely in April. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! You know, and I have I had really forgotten about a lot of the things that uh, we had talked about in these past shows until getting ready for tonight's show. And we did really cover a lot of ground in Heather Owen's show. And I know, you know, some of you out there are probably like, "What do you mean? You don't have to be half naked. You're bodybuilding competitors. You're out there half naked." And yes. I do posing suits. All of that is great. I, where I was going with that and I did not um, communicate it well is, you know, when you have, (laughs) when you have individuals, ladies in particular, I'm talking to and you use fitness as a guise to sell sex. There's a difference between being proud of your gains, of showing your progress, of being fit, of being healthy and showing that through photography and then basically, you know, putting out explicit photos pretty much. I mean, you're not naked, but you're you're pretty darn close. And this is even less than posing suits, guys. Come on. In provocative poses that really have nothing to do with fitness, but yet the the copy or the message that we're going to use with the photo is supposed to make it seem like it's a fitness photo. And it's not. It's a, it's about sex sales and getting more followers and likes and this and that and the next thing. That's what it's about. And that's I you know I I have I have issue with that. I think that is a downside to um, being a female in the fitness industry um, because unfortunately with so many things that's how you garner attraction. That's how you garner popularity. And, you know, it's one thing to be known for your glutes because you're a heck of an athlete and then to be known for your glutes because of your provocative poses. There's a difference. And I do think that's a drawback and a downside. 
Well, if 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 you're going, I mean, like the thing about it is that there's a there's a format, there's a foundation, and there's an understanding when you compete, and everyone in the industry knows that. If you were to do any of those poses on stage, you would literally be disqualified. And yeah. if that thing in the format of a good presentation for winning a show and the fact that you would be disqualified if you tried anything remotely close to what you see in some of these uh, pictures and videos lets you know that it's not running congruent with what we're expecting to see of a competitor. So if you take away the identity, then you strip yourself of your own humanity. And that's frightening in itself. And last year alone, if you look at how many women had to deal with the constant sexual harassment and constant sexual abuse and constant sexual statements that were just way, way off course of dealing with women as women and people, it's frightening to know that people are still willing to take that role just for, a, what, a few likes? Well, not, let's not even say a few likes, 100 likes of not even knowing you. But basically, some of the comments are so brutal and so degrading and so moralistically, like, I, I mean, unattractive at all. Why would you want to do that for the sake of a popularity that you can't sustain and still keep your humanity? that you can't identify with around your family. And even if you do, they'll have to shame you because they can't believe that they're basically wanting to support someone who doesn't respect themselves. You can't keep cutting corners for the sake of attracting anything with the intent to attract somebody that will like you and not the persona that you created. Because if it's not real, it's just something that you can't sustain. And most of the people that break down mentally and physically, are because of taking on a lifestyle that's not really them. And they suffer mentally and physically, and sometimes in the form of physical and sexual abuse. So it, it, it's not helping anything in the industry, and it's not helping them especially. This. I'm just saying keep it classy, folks. There are a lot of beautiful, muscular women out there that are, yeah, that are the epitome of health and wellness, and they do it with style, and they do it with class, and they garner just as much attention. So if attention is what you're good seeking, you could, it's good, it's better. I mean, you're still going to get the whatever comments, and we know what those Weird. are. You're still going to get those, but you, you're going to at least have your respect. There's a way to do it and have your respect intact. If you're beautiful, if you're strong, you don't have to cheapen it. By well, Dad, can I say something? Yes. I I won't use the woman's name, but she when 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 natural bodybuilding was just starting its second uh, evolution, and as far as what I would know as uh, natural bodybuilding, there was a lady that said, you know, if I can look like this, then I'll start winning and I'll start uh, doing better at shows. And she did, I think, the lip enhancement, the liposuction, and the boob job, and then started working out incredibly hard. And she did start getting the, you know, the accolades and the wins, but it was from the hard work, but she just couldn't identify that. It had to be the surgeries and the, the augmentations. And she did one pose, and I'll never forget it, where she was in, a, I think, a hot tub, yeah, it was a hot tub and a sauna, like, close by. But she wanted all the Facebook friends, she wanted to get up to 5,000. You know, cause like, this is the early stages of Facebook, this is the early stages of uh, natural bodybuilding on its second coming. And the comments that were coming in were so degrading and so abusive. And she was so hurt, she couldn't even think to delete the post. And, and basically have all that stuff go away. So it was maybe, and, I, you know, back in the day, it was really something where you saw a post that had 100 comments, and she had almost 1,000. And every last one of them was something about show me or whatever and, and why stop there and do this and that. 
and it was really hard on her to the point where she has dropped out of off the face of the planet. I know the last time I had spoken with her, she was in New York and uh, had basically changed her name. It had gotten that bad in her mind because it was just so hard to live with everything that everyone said. Because, you know, this this is a world of uh, keyboard warriors, and uh, they don't care what they say because they know they don't have to, you know, ever come face-to-face with the person that they're trying to harm or hurt. And it was just something to see where everything had gone so far south that this woman basically had to leave the Midwest and go to a state she'd never been simply because she didn't want to be identified or known by anyone around her. And, you know, I'm sure this is happening just about every day in this current climate of uh, social media. Hmm. This is tough. Anyway, I mean... Keep it classy. Keep it classy. Keep it classy. There you go. Because I, you know, I have no... I'm all about if if you've worked hard for it and you want to present it, do so. Post the pictures. I post pictures in the gym too. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying know that understand why you're doing what you're doing. I guess a, and 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 the there's difference. A price. There's and there is there. a price that comes along with that. So anyway, yeah. I I'll get off my soapbox there. Sorry to derail us. Okay. I did not intend to do that, but it just kind of weighs on me when I think about it. Okay, yeah. and. We are to number seven. seven, and this one was with uh, this one was with uh, a friend from the DFAC. It's Tom Kayak, and uh, he was giving us a lowdown of all of the new things coming up in 2018 for the DFAC. And KP, talk to us a little bit about that interview. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, Des wasn't able to join us, and he had a lot of information that was being rolled out about, you know, what was expected and, you know, the changes and the transparency that was going to be put forth to make sure people had a better understanding because even though the DFAC was doing water drug testing, a lot of the information had gotten confused as to what was legal or what wasn't, and it wasn't about being legal. It was what was being accepted for the natural industry. Because, you know, you can get a prescription and it's legal, but it wasn't going to be accepted or acceptable in the DFAC as far as competing. And a lot of people had been confused on that because there were there are some, quote, unquote, natural organizations that were accepting uh, doctor's prescriptions, and it was going wholeheartedly against the idea of natural competition because if you're taking an illegal substance as compared to WADA, then why was it being accepted in the natural uh, shows? And so he was breaking down, you know, how all of this was going to be stay relevant so maybe one day you could have a, a bigger echelon of, of competition with better payouts and an understanding that everyone on stage was an actual natural athlete. And, you know, he was just providing a lot of clarification for it and an understanding that we have to do better, which is true. And, and I, I definitely agreed with him on that. And just the way he was so transparent in how they were doing it. And he, they did follow through in 2018 with everything that he said, which was also nice. You know, you know a year, I mean, after the, every show has been done, did they adhere to what they said? And, and, you know, I was very, very happy to know that that's exactly what they did. All right. Awesome. So, you know what, you miss a show, you miss a lot, and that includes myself. When I can't always be on the shows, there's always a lot of great information that our guests are sharing. So, I know, I know, miss a show, miss a lot. So, guys, that is, um, Tom rounds out our first four in our countdown. So, we came in with uh, John Morris and Debbie Pertel at number 10, um, Cliff Wilson and Peter Fitzen at number 9, Heather Owen and uh, being female in the fitness industry at number eight, Tom at number seven, and then this rounds out the last interview we're going to cover on tonight's show because, believe it or not, we've only got about ten minutes left. And this show was from the Upstate New York show um, that Kaylin was part of and uh, Leif Anderson, promoter of that show, um, Alistair Nash was the overall yeah. bodybuilding winner. 
And uh, you, Kaylin, had the privilege of being able to interview him live, but then we also had him on the airwaves as well. So talk to us about that show because that was kind of like a last-minute thing for you, but it was a pretty awesome experience from what I understand. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we have video out there. I know we do. I just know we do. Yeah, we do. We do. And one of the things that was just amazing, because, you know, like in the Midwest and the West Coast, there's a lot of things that were done, but the East Coast had a lot of people already living there. And so they were well-established in building contemporary art, um, basically addressing the populace because it was quite heavy. And, you know, basically we filtered out into the Midwest and then filtered out to the West Coast. So there's a lot of uh, old English atmosphere, like England, France, Spain, Portugal. And how would I know? Because I've actually been over there. So I know some of the buildings, some of the, the structure types, and some of the building uh, designs, and they're very similar in design. And it was very uh, enlightening to see buildings of that size where the theater, the venue, was so big, you know, four levels of play, of theater. Whereas, you know, compared to here, you, you have to go to one of the malls and see some of the designs that they did where they talk about having a big venue it's not even close. And, you know, just the hallways are so grand and elaborate. And the, the, the uh, I can't, what, what do they call the windows? Stained glass paintings and stained glass windows. Yep. Just phenomenal. And, and I just remember walking through with the camera rolling because it didn't even matter where I was going. And it, it was just so crazy to see something of that size and realize you haven't even gotten to the three theater part. And the backstage, we basically had to take half of it off just to have where it looked like a, a reasonable size stage for the comp- for the competitors to get on. And Alistair kind of fit in real nice because he walked in there just as blown away by everything, and he was just so amazed that a venue like that he'd be able to step on stage and be a part of, and then to actually win and have him say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I were to take one of these swords home, you know, and have all this stuff? And uh, I, I was just blown away that uh, that kind of venue was even available for a natural uh, show. And I, it, it, it just, there was so much happening. And like you said, it was, it was last minute, but I, I did not want to miss out on something. And to be in New York, you know, of course, you want to be a part of that. And uh, it, it was it was it was it was awakening mentally to understand just what's going on, but it was also eye opening to see what natural building could become because the people that were helping out in that area were also very supportive of it as well. And I know Ralph Ennis was a real big name. We had a, a you know a couple of uh, judges and uh, lawyers and, and and you know aldermen and just so many people that were part of the state that wants natural bodybuilding to grow because they're sick of the, the drug abuse on the enhanced side taking people's lives because these are people that they know just like we know. And I don't think anyone that cares about people is ever going to be happy with somebody dying in their 20s, 30s, and 40s because even though it might sound like uh, an older age to younger people, for people that are in mm-hmm. that area – we know that that's not a good time to die when everything should be rolling in your favor. If you're in good health, you should live a good life, and that means a good lifespan, not where you're 23 years old, 24 years old, and you're passing away from either uh, an enlarged heart or, um, you know, a failing liver and kidney or basically tumors from cancer. These, These things should not be relevant in a healthy body. Granted, you know, it happens because of, uh, you know, what's been happening with our food and things of that nature. But as far as, you know, you doing everything correctly and you still die from a drug-abused body. And they they spoke in that fashion. We had a lot of conversations in between that show. And, you know, just uh, the higher-ups, like I listed, were so taken aback that something that should be so good for people's health and fitness had gone so wrong. 
and they wanted to do something to go in the other way. And it was just really impressive and, and also heartfelt to hear that we're not alone in our thinking and there are people that can make a difference that are willing to make a difference. And that was big for me as well. So I told them, you know, if it, it, one of the things they told Leaf is that, you know, for this show to go, that uh, Midwest Muscle has to be there. You know, we got to have these guys. And if Des can go, I'm sure that will be an even bigger blessing so they can see even more drive of what's coming from the Midwest. Because uh, us country folks, we do make a difference on them city ones. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. And, you know, it is just really good to see natural bodybuilding continue to spread into different areas, which, you know, is is not always an easy task. I mean, we've had um, individuals on the show in the past who are with newer organizations, especially in Texas, where they're trying to make headways in areas where it's largely enhanced. There are no yeah. natural opportunities. And so, you know, they are pioneers, really, for the sport. Even now in this day and age, there are several promoters out there that are true pioneers for natural bodybuilding because they are bringing natural opportunities in states where there never were any before. And so it's always exciting to see these things happen. And even though right now the Midwest is booming, I mean, we've said this before, but I'll say it one more time because it just bears repeating. Right now the Midwest is the heart to bodybuilding as far as I'm concerned. There are a lot of great shows sprinkled around everywhere, but the biggest concentration with some of the strongest promoters that I have seen to date are in the Midwest. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing, and I like to see that that's growing, it's spreading, and, you know, momentum is is really just starting to take off. And so I guess long story short, you know, hats off to no promoters no making doubt. headway in New um, York and Texas. Like, uh, one of the things I like about with Texas is that they're willing to dive in head first. I mean, um, yep. we met the – the the fella in Iowa, I think it was uh, Courtney Miles' show, and he was so headstrong into doing it, and he had to go back into Texas, and he was more than energized coming from Courtney's show because she he realized you know what she was willing to do, and he got some ideas from that, and that's you know when we we're talking about uh, Cliff and, and Peter, where these ideas grow and form and change and become even better because we have that like mind of what what's going on with uh you know everything that's happening in the in the industry itself and saying okay if this is if this works why have this atmosphere and let's see if it could work over there because i think uh at courtney's show it was an expo and i think uh, for me that was the first time i had a chance to be in that format and it went really well we had some glitches you know with the dj for the uh well i won't get into that but anyway, uh, that, that fellow was really irked that we were asking for the music to be turned down a little so we could be heard to the competitors because that was that was one of the issues from there. But it didn't take away from the whole atmosphere of what we were doing. But he was willing to do something like that down there because he saw that it could work and if uh, done correctly, it could be, be even better for the competitors and the people that were attending the show as well because then they can uh, – See the see the other forms of health and fitness, and if it doesn't work in bodybuilding, and basically they could take up a, a life in in one of the other formats that they had at that facility, but they're still being introduced to a healthy form of health and fitness. This. No, I think you got it. So, with that being said, guys, lots of good stuff going on. It's great walking down memory lane, and we are going to finish this walk on Thursday with our top five interviews of 2018. So hopefully you've enjoyed tonight, and uh, you remember a lot of these shows like we're remembering. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. That's that's and all I got. So I'm kind of locked up in memory lane here. Show, we don't really understand, remember uh, a lot of it until we get detail, and it's like it all comes back, and then it's like, boom, right back in your face. So hopefully you guys check out the archives like Des and I do sometimes. We do laugh at ourselves, yes. And uh, I sound <laughs> even more strange than the ladies do. So, yeah, it, it's kind of embarrassing to hear some of the things I say. And uh, the earlier shows are even more strange. 
I, I didn't have a clue. I was so used to having the interviews and having a microphone in someone's face and reading their body language and movement that it was a different, uh, it was a totally different atmosphere to do radio as compared to video. And it might sound strange because you think, well, what's the difference? But I'm telling you, it's a big difference. And hopefully yeah. we keep you guys entertained to where you enjoy us from year now, 2019, to where you have good vision in 2020. Yeah, you see what I did? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty slick. <laughs> yeah, we see what you did. Yeah. So yeah. on behalf of Kaylin, myself, and, and, uh, and chocolate protein lovers everywhere, and your body is a temple. So let's build it with sticky doodle donuts. With chocolate. Build it with sticky doodle donuts. With chocolate, chocolate. <laughs>